Father, we run to you today because you are a loving Father, because you open your arms to us with incredible grace and mercy and love. And we run to you, God. Thank you. Thank you because we can do that. Thank you that we found a surgeon, that we found a friend, that we found a healer, that we found a redeemer, that we find the one that lifts us up. And today we praise you and we thank you. And God, we, we pray for, for dads today. Dads that, that need encouragement. Dads that need your strength. Dads that need to fall into your grace right now. Help them to find that grace. Father, for those that, that are struggling with grief because of the loss of their father, a father that has passed on and his memories and his legacy remains, we thank you, but we pray for healing and comfort. And for our families today, we pray We've been praying for 29 days for restoration. And we know that restoration begins in our home. We pray for marriages that are struggling, for, for children who, who are confused, for fathers who, who are discouraged. We pray for homes that are falling apart right now, God. Restore, bring repentance, bring conviction, bring reconciliation. Redeem families, redeem your people, restore us. Oh God, it's our prayer. And as we open up the scriptures, would your spirit speak to us? Would you encourage? Would you convict? Would you awaken faith in us that we might trust you and believe in you? We run to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you to have your seats. I also want to invite first through sixth graders to come up and join children's worship. Pastor Susan and her helpers are here on my left and uh, you can join and have a good time worshiping God with the other children. Well, I'm sure that most of you are familiar with dad jokes, right? Yeah, dad jokes are the kind of jokes that dad thinks are very funny and nobody else really does. But uh, children laugh because dad is laughing or because it's funny that it's not funny, right? Um, it's like the dad that says, why do dads take an extra pair of socks to, to the golf course in case they get hole in one, right? That's a dad joke. Right? Or the dad that says, you know, I thought it was the dryer that was shrinking my shirts, but I discovered it was the refrigerator, right? Or what did the ocean say to the beach? Nothing, it just waved. Okay, I promise I'm not gonna torture you all morning. One more, one more. What did mama corn say to baby corn? Where's popcorn? Uh, yeah, see, dad jokes, are not funny, but yet they're funny, right? I don't know what it is that happens to dads when they have their first child, that they contract this corny sense of humor. And they begin to tell jokes like that. And, and like I said, children giggle because it's funny. 
I think for me, telling dad jokes is one of the greatest joys of being a dad. I like to see my children just shake their head or giggle. The girls giggle, the guys shake their head, you know. I, I do it all the time. This is the first Father's Day that I don't get to have my dad with me. And I miss a lot of things about him. But one of those is his sense of humor. He had dad jokes. And, uh, and I, just, I just enjoyed how much he thought he was funny and watching him. You know, but the greatest joy that my dad had and the greatest joy that I have and the greatest joy that dads get to have is to lead our children to their God-given destiny. And that's what we want to talk about today. We're in a series that we're calling Freedom, and we talked about freedom for singles last Sunday. Today we're going to talk about freedom for dads. And uh, I know that today there are different kinds of dads here. There are dads who are raising their children right now. You're, you're right in the middle of, of, of raising them. Some of you have already done so. You have adult children and, and, and you're relaxing. Maybe you're enjoying being a grandfather. Have I told you I have a grandson? Some of you are, are maybe spiritual dads. You've led somebody to Christ and, and you've been like a spiritual father to someone or you've been a mentor, a father figure. Some of you are single moms and you've been, been both dad and mom to your children. All of you are valuable. All of you we honor today. All of you we appreciate today. And so as you're thinking about dads today, I want to call your attention to our text for this morning, which is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It's, it's, a, it's just one verse that we're going to look at today, but, but I hope that it will speak to us, that it will encourage you, um, perhaps uh, convict you, perhaps challenge you, uh, but I hope all of you would feel encouraged. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Here in, in this verse, God's word gives us the primary role of fathers and those that are father figures. We are called to lead our children to their God-given destiny. And not only does the scripture tell us what our primary role is, but it tells us how we ought to do it with love and with patience. Essentially, this is a call to disciple our children. Dads, we get to disciple our children. And the call to disciple our children includes three things that I'm gonna draw from this verse. The first one is to treat them with respect. It's interesting here that the Bible elevates the relationship of father and children above that of the first century context. That's what the gospel does. It, it, it lifts up the family. And it is a, a relevant admonition for the 21st century. As, as different as we might be for the first century, two, two horrible things, so two horrible uh, ways of, of being a dad that are not, obviously not biblical today are, are, are on the one side you have abusive dads, that's who, who's verbal and physical and otherwise uh, kills the spirit of a child and, and is harmful and heartbreaking and destructive. 
And then on the other side, you, you, you have the dads that are permissive. They, they just let their children do whatever they want. They, they don't provide guidance. They don't provide boundaries. They don't provide uh, teaching and moral and instruction and discipline. And, and that's hurtful. It's harmful. It, it is destructive as well. And so the scripture tells us today, fathers, do not exasperate your children. And it's a, an admonition that is needed in the first century world uh, this was different. If you go back a few verses in chapter 6 of Ephesians, you'll see what the biblical writer says to, to the children first. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So it's interesting that the biblical writer directs himself to the children. This is first century. He doesn't say to fathers, fathers, you make sure that your children obey you. He says, children, you obey your fathers. It, it all starts with, with, with a verse earlier in, in the previous chapter where he says, submit yourselves one to another. And he talks about husbands and wives and now it talks about children and parents. And so this is really remarkable because he tells children, listen, obey your parents, honor your father and your mother. That's not a new thing. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the Ten Commandments. Just do it. We're reminding you. But then it turns to the dad. And what is remarkable is that he tells dads to not exasperate their children. Other translations, like the KJV says, provoke not your children to wrath. The Amplified Bible says, do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. Another version says, don't stir up anger in your children. Living Bible says, don't keep on scolding and nagging your children, making them angry and resentful. The message says, don't frustrate your children with no win scenarios. Wow. What an interesting thing. The first thing that the biblical writer says to fathers in the family relationship says, he says, don't abuse your authority in such a way that you belittle, that you frustrate, that you exasperate your children. Radical for the first century. The, the, the Roman Empire of the first century had instituted the patras potestas. That was the, the absolute power of fathers to do whatever they thought was best for their children whether they should be flogged or whether they should be imprisoned or whether they should be killed. The fathers had the legal authority to do that even when they were adult. Even if they occupied an important place in society, dads had that kind of authority. They had, in fact, authority over their newborn children. They had the authority that if they didn't like a little boy that was born because he was defective, that they would have him killed. Or if they didn't want, they didn't want a daughter, they would sell her. That was... This sovereign power that fathers had, and in that context of unlimited power by fathers, the Bible says to, to fathers, says, treat your children with respect and dignity. You know, sometimes uh, even, in our, even in our context where we don't have this unlimited power, we, we struggle with this not to make our children angry, not to frustrate them because they frustrate us first. They started it, right? But, but sometimes uh, we, we fall into that trap because we, we value certain things more than our children. We become obsessed with our work. 
or we become obsessed with our image in society or with material possessions and, and suddenly we are so busy and so invested in those things that we don't have energy for our children and, and they take a back seat. You know, there was one occasion in which a father and a son were playing catch in the front yard and his family had this perfect manicured yard with, with perfect grass and, and the mother was so proud of it and she saw that they were in the front yard instead of the backyard and, and she tells the dad, you guys are tearing up the grass. Later on, the father in private comes to the mom and says, honey, do you remember that our highest calling is not raising grass, but raising children? Sometimes we get it backwards. Sometimes we get so caught up in the stuff of life. We've been entrusted with much and we're responsible for all the things that we've been entrusted with, but there's no higher calling that we've been given as parents than to lead our children, to respect them, to treat them with dignity. Thank you, dads, for doing that. Thank you for respecting your children. Thank you for for not just being providers and protectors, but being pastors who, who hold up your children in high regard because they are made in the image of God because you see in them what they will become. You see in them what God has invested in their lives. There's a picture that, that today I'm really grateful for. I wanna show it to you. It's a picture of, of me and my two adult boys. And the reason this picture is very special to me is because my dad took the picture. My dad liked photography and he was shooting pictures that day at the park. And, uh, and that means that moment was special to him as a grandfather. And it's special to me because it reminds me of the relationship I have with my adult boys. It's a relationship of respect. They respect me, I respect them. They're smart and, and they have wisdom for life. And I'm so thankful. And it's not just because they're big. I used to wrestle them down. I wouldn't do that now. It's not just because they have bigger guns than me. It's not because they kill uh, more venison, more deer than I do. Uh, but, but it's because they were made in the image of God and they are worthy of respect. Treat them with respect. Thank you, fathers, for doing that. Secondly, train them with purpose. If we refer to this triple role of godly dads, of, of being a provider, of being a protector, and of being a pastor, this particular portion has to do with being a pastor. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What a high calling that is. Dads, we get to be pastors to our children. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for those that have done that so well. When we truly respect our children, we will not exasperate them, but neither will we let them grow up without discipline. True love and true respect teaches boundaries. It teaches morals. It teaches character. It teaches respect. Not by just demanding it, but by modeling it and showing it. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The biblical writer doesn't address the authority of fathers, but the responsibility. Our authority can be assumed. It's there. Honor your father and your mother. God has given us authority to do so. But the role must be clear. There's another verse in the Old Testament that I think sheds light on this idea of bringing them up in the instruction and admonition of the Lord. 
And it's Proverbs 22, 6. Many of you are familiar with it. I'll read it from the NIV, and it reads like this. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Some of you know it in the King James Version. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. It's the same meaning. It's about training up children in the way they should go. Some people think that this is just about some kind of religious instruction. If you bring them to church and if you teach them how to pray, if you teach the Bible, then when they grow up, then they're going to keep going to church. That's not exactly what the verse means here. Obviously, it includes some spiritual guidance, but, but this verse is a holistic verse. It's not limited to taking people to church. It's training up a child in the way he should go. It means leading him towards his God-given destiny. What God has created in that child. When we look at Ephesians 6.4 and Proverbs 22.6, we're reminded that God has made every single child with unique gifts and talents and passion and calls on their life. Training up a child in the way he should go means that we know their strengths, that we know what makes their heart beat, that, 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 we, that we rejoice with the things that, that they rejoice with, that we encourage them in the way that, that God has made them and not try to force a one-size-fits-all type of thing on them. Ray Wilkinson is a, a man in our church who, who is my dear friend and, and God has blessed him with a business of recycling and and he's done very well with that business. He, he, he's been very successful. Ray was taught that business of metals and recycling by his father. What, a, what an honor, what a privilege to be passed on a trade like that. And his father learned that from his father. In fact, the Wilkinson family, their uncles and nephews and, and all of them have been in this business for five generations. And, and, it, and, and, and it's a privilege. And Ray taught this trait to his sons. They learned to come to the yard and, and, and they learned much about metals and how to do things there. And, and, uh, but Bradley, his oldest son, said, Dad, I, I'm so thankful for your business and I'll work here as much as you want me to work. But Dad, I want you to know that I'm an artist and I like painting and I like music. That's what, I, that's what really makes me happy. Now, there may be some other dads that say, well, too bad, you're going you're gonna to inherit this business, you're going to stay in this business. But, but, but Ray said, well, if that's what you want to do, then I'm going to support you, and I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to be your cheerleader. And I'll tell you one thing, Ray is proud of his son, and he's proud of his granddaughter that his son brought forth. I think what a beautiful thing is when, when a parent discovers how their children are made and then starts them off in the way they should go. Starts them off in the way that God has made them. So many of you have done that with your children. You, you've taken the time to discover what, what makes their heart beat and, and then you've discipled them accordingly. I must confess that it took me a, a while to figure that out as a dad. You know, when I was gonna be a dad, my firstborn, I knew everything. I knew what I was supposed to do, what I was supposed to teach him. And when, and, and when he came along, I started realizing very soon that I had made some assumptions and that this young man that was standing in front of me was very different, that he wasn't me. 
He had his own personality. And he had his own way that God had made him. And it took me a while to figure out how, how to come alongside him and, and, and be his encourager and be his dad and, and instruct him. And, and then when I kind of figured it out, I said, okay, I'm ready for the second one. And we had our second child and she's a girl. And, and I said, well, you know, boys, girls, you know, they're different, but you know, I, I know what to do now. And, and then I discovered that she was different from my son. She had a different personality and different things that, that would motivate her or different things that would make her sad. And, and so I started adapting my, my being a dad to, to her. And, and, and then we adopted a daughter, Mia, and, and she was very different. And it was like starting all over again. Like I hadn't been a dad already. I think by the time we had our fourth child, I figured out children are different. I'm smart like that. And I figured out that even though our family values are the same, that the gospel is the same, that the Bible doesn't change, that our commitment to church has, has been the same, that each child required a different kind of coaching, of mentoring, of discipling. They are made differently by God. And discipling them meant to know how to listen, how to encourage, their inclinations, how to discern how God has made them and what he's called them to be. Of course, we taught them all how to pray and we had our family devotionals and we took them to church. We had conversations about faith and I had the distinct privilege of baptizing all four of my children. What a joy that is. What a privilege it is. We get to do that and we cannot outsource it. You cannot outsource that role to technology. There's no computer, no app, no television that can do it for you. You can't outsource it to the school. It's not their job to disciple your children, Christian or public. You can't outsource it to the church. It's not the church's job to disciple your children. It's our job as dads, we get to do that. Others come alongside and they encourage us, but it is our privilege to do that, it's our responsibility. Thank you, dads, for doing that. Thank you for dedicating yourself to that task. We get to train our children with purpose. Like a coach that's working with, with that child's gifting and strengths and weaknesses, with their passions, our calling is to help them become all that God wants them to become. And the good news is that we're not alone. In fact, we can't do it alone. We lead out in it. We have the primary responsibility, but, but we're not alone, which leads me to the third thing, that we teach them with grace. God's word calls us to treat our children with respect, to train them with purpose. It sounds simple, it's just one verse. Oh man, but it can feel overwhelming at times. And that's why the last phrase of, of verse four in Ephesians six is so encouraging to me because it says, fathers do not exasperate your children, instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. See, of the Lord means that the ultimate goal of discipling our children is spiritual. Our guidance and our training is holistic, but it should lead them to know Christ. But the freeing part, we're talking about freedom for that, the freeing part uh, of the phrase of the Lord 
is that we're not just pointing them to the Lord, but we acknowledge that the Lord owns this, that the Lord owns our children, that the Lord owns our parenting, that, that I'm not alone in this, that the responsibility is high, that, that the stakes are high, but the one who's in charge is the Lord. He stands with me. He is the heavenly father. He has modeled what it means to be a father. He has modeled what it means to love. He has modeled what it means to extend grace. Listen, all of us here are loved by the heavenly father. We have a relationship with the father because of grace. It's not our perfect behavior that gets us a good standing in the family of God. It's not your incredible performance that impresses God. God didn't say, oh man, you're doing so well that I'm going to love you. No, God decided to love you in spite of your performance. That's grace. The unmerited favor of the Father. As I look back at being a dad, I realize the many mistakes that I've made. There are things that I wish I could go back and do differently. And sometimes that weighs heavy on me. And then I'm reminded it's by God's grace. I'm a dad by grace. That means that the way that my children will turn out or are turning out or have turned out is not about my perfect performance, but it's about the grace of God working through me. And he fills in the gaps. Everywhere where I come short, God supplies and, and adds and complements. Teaching our children with grace means that we understand that being a dad is too big of a job. Because one of the greatest things that I've discovered in my life is that every job I have is too big for me. And the only way that I can do anything that I've been called to do is because of God's grace. Teaching them by grace means that we model grace for our children. We teach them what it's like to love unconditionally and, and to not just love based on performance, but to love because we choose to love because the Father loves us. Teaching them with grace means that we lead our children to experience God's grace. That the way we live and the way we talk and the way we disciple is infused with grace. So that when they grow up, they don't think, oh, my parents gave me a religion or my parents forged religious rules on me or my parents dragged me to church and golly, I don't ever want to go to church. But what they will say when they grow up, it says, I experienced the grace of God in my life and I want to run to the Father. I want to run to the Father. I want to experience his grace. Listen, if you're a dad here today and the weight of your mistakes is heavy on you, if your failures are haunting you, I wanna invite you today to fall into God's grace, to fall into his arms. Jesus died for you. He went to the cross to die for all your sins, all your mistakes, all your shortcomings, so that you wouldn't have to live with guilt or shame, so that you could live with freedom. So if you've been a great dad or not so great dad, it's God's grace that sustains you. It's God's grace that saves you. It's God's grace that I invite you to today. If you're a dad that's overwhelmed by the call to disciple your children, then, then come and rest in his grace. If you're a son or a daughter that has been hurt by a dad 
who hasn't lived up to his calling, then today I invite you to rest in God's grace, to come and experience the healing that only God can give you. If you're a dad that's been hurt by your family, by rebellious children or, or a wife that has been mean to you or, or has left you, then today I want to invite you to experience the grace of God, the Heavenly Father who will lift you up wherever you are. Anybody here is welcome to come to God's grace, to experience the love of the Father, to fall into his loving arms, and then to teach our children out of that grace. I've not been a perfect dad by any means. I've made a lot of mistakes. But when I look at the selfies that I get to take with my daughters, I remember I'm a dad by grace. It is God's goodness that lets me be a dad to these beautiful ladies and to these big guys. And so can you, so are you. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Christian fathers, we're called to lead our children to their God-given destiny and to do it with love and patience. We get to disciple our children by treating them with respect, by training them with purpose, and by teaching them with grace. There are many of you dads here that have done just that, and today we say thank you, thank you. There are many dads who have passed on and have done that for us, and we thank God for their memory. And we call all of you to that grace. So I want to ask you, as the band comes up and as they take their place, uh, I'm going to ask you to think about how you will respond to God's grace. We're going to play a video, and it talks about a father's strength. As you watch this video, think about how you need to respond and open your arms up to the father's arms.